I tell you, you're a better man than I am. After that game, I had to grab a what? bottle opener. <laughs> Dude, that's why I that's why I quit drinking back in the off season back in December. Um because I knew if I I knew if I waited till baseball season there'd be no way. Yeah. I just knew. I mean I just I honestly knew it would uh it it, it had nothing to do with the weather. People were like, Oh well I drink in the summer because it's uh you know, because it's warm out and I said, you know, I drink because Ryan Franklin is a closer. <laughs> oh, there's the name God, for so uh, there's the name for episode point nine. I like that. There you go. There's your... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a beautiful. That's beauty. I love it. <laughs> episode point nine, the last trial run. Uh, we're not sure when episode one point is going to be. We hope it's going to be soon, depending on our schedules. So. This is the last, uh, as it's titled, Pitchers Hit 8th Podcast, episode 0.9. Um, and we hope folks will join us next time for the as-yet-to-be-titled podcast, episode 1.0. The name is coming, and with that, welcome to the Pitchers Hit 8th side of the world. I'm Josh, that's Nick. And we're glad you're you're tuning in as uh, the last couple of evenings have definitely been uh, entertaining, if any, if nothing else. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I tell you, uh, I, I don't think I've ever wished for Jason Isring housing more. Now that the Cardinals are kind of in flux and really don't have any idea of what the back end of their bullpen is going to look like. What is your take on uh, how Larusa and uh, I guess Dave Duncan more so should look at things? Oh, I'm sorry. Did we start the show? I was still biting my biting my fingernails. <laughs> I heard you. It's I over. heard you. We can we can, we can rest. We can, we can. My rest kingdom for, for Jason Isringhausen. Yes, I've heard you. <laughs> I think that's a great. Uh, I think that's a great. It's not really an an analogy, is it? Um, no. But I think that's a that's an excellent perspective uh, for all of the consternation and and general malaise there was in Cardinal Nation about uh, Jason Isringhausen finishing off games. Well, geez. I can remember a season he had, what, 47 saves or something like that? Oh, my God. There was a stretch there where he was unhittable. Yeesh. I mean, there was... Yeesh. Now, the I mean, good the, news, Josh. <laughs> good news is... There's good news? <laughs> there was a save tonight. There was. There was. Uh, and it was definitely not the guy that I had thought was going to be in there. It, that Honestly, he probably would have been... My last pick, I really thought when I heard Rick Horton say that nobody was warming up in the bullpen, I had a feeling that they were going to put Salas back out there no matter what. That would have been an interesting move. I, the bullpen's getting kind of burned out. Those guys are throwing a lot of pitches. Oh, boy. All right, so there's a big discussion. Yeah. There's an ongoing discussion amongst many, many people. Do you care about the save, Josh? I don't. I, I don't either. 
I I don't see why they get paid, you know. And and that was that was going to be a, I guess my that's a good good segue if you will for for our uh, more more polished listeners out there is uh why do closers make so much more money than other relievers? Is there is there a stigma about the ninth inning? Is it, it you know is there a different mindset you have to have? Do you have to be a little bit crazy? Do you, you know, I, I, I guess that's my, I've never understood. The Cardinals have been taking a lot of these college closers and with the exception of Chris Perez, they're all starting now in the minor leagues. Oh, and half the time here it's because they're trying to stretch them out. And the other half of the time, I think it's because they don't want them to be closers anymore. First, I, I think, I think we need to clarify a little bit. <laughs> not all closers get paid big bucks. The guys know, who the guys right, who right, rack right, up the saves right. night in night out, without all the drama that we've been experiencing thus far this season, those guys make the big bucks, and they make the big bucks until they start blowing saves, and then people go crazy, and then they get traded or released or whatever the case may be. Ryan Franklin's not making big bucks. Nobody on the Cardinal, nobody in the Cardinal bullpen is making big bucks. They don't have the guy in the bullpen that you can go to night in, night out that is going to that you are just absolutely guaranteed to get three outs. I know everybody's all hot to trot about Eduardo Sanchez, and uh, and it's hard to argue with the success that he's had so far. But he. Uh, he was hittable tonight, obviously, and uh, he hasn't had that excess at any level. Not, not, you know, world beater success. Well, you know, and it's not just that. People are seeing him now. Yeah, people are catching up to his fastball. People are seeing his slider a little better. Um, it's just, it's just like a hitter making his first rounds through the. Or maybe the opposite of a hitter, I guess you could say. He makes his first yeah. rounds through uh, through the league. Doesn't hit so well. Comes back around the next time he knows what to expect. That's kind of the opposite for pitchers, right? The hitters don't know, what, well, don't know exactly what he's bringing to the table. He racks up a bunch of strikeouts. Does a couple of little dances, which I was glad he didn't do tonight. A little bit of perspective. <laughs> yeah. Tell me this. You saw the end of tonight. Do the Cardinals get that save if it's not for Molina going out there? And uh, I don't want to. I don't want to place too much emphasis on that. I think it was a prudent move, but I'm not gonna. I don't think you could qualify that because Molina went out to the mound, he got the strikeout. Either he throws a strike or he doesn't. Um, True. That being said, I think I think it was valuable. Uh, I don't think it was the difference between him striking out Hunter Pence or not. Uh, certainly a veteran move. Certainly something that that Yachty should have done, I guess. I, I guess here's my my big, uh, you know, I'm I'm happy that the Cardinals are one of those organizations that doesn't put, you know, um, dollar sign attachment to 
closing abilities. With that said, I, I would still prefer one of Jason Mott, Mitchell Boggs, Salas, anybody, honestly, um, that would be able to figure it out if that's the the correct term or whatever we're going to use right now. Because obviously, even putting Ryan Franklin in a in a game with a six run lead, he's he just he's lost. It's more than just losing his mojo. And you know, I sent you a message earlier seeing him without facial hair was actually kind of scary. Um, but Bottom line is that the Cardinals are in a tough spot. They uh, they they need some stability, and and I don't know. I you know obviously they've said before, and, and Mosellock has said it a number of times. I think he even said it. Um, he, I doubt. Well, it was too early in the season for there to be too many issues, but I I pretty much can remember him saying on a number of occasions, even recently, that the Cardinals aren't looking. Because one, the cost is too high, and, and you know, I, I would think after everything the Cardinals organization has said about their strength being right-handed relief pitchers, that somebody here in the next couple weeks would uh, take the lead. Well, don't and let let's not something. mistake the the statement that the Cardinals don't have a big time lockdown closer for the Cardinals don't have a closer. Cardinals have a closer on their roster. I don't know if it's a guy who's ready to be a full-time closer now. I think Boggs certainly is the best candidate currently. But the other thing to remember about Boggs is everybody talks about getting his shot and how young he is. Boggs is 27. He's no, oh, yeah. he's no Sanchez. He's no Salas. Just spring chicken coming up because they're bursting onto the scene, and there was an injury. I mean, twenty-seven's not old by any stretch, but it's, if if this whole moving to the bullpen thing didn't work out for Boggs, he's not going back to Memphis for an extended stretch. You know what I'm saying? No, he was pretty much, you know, and it's it's not a uh, a downplay on on Boggs, but he was one step of being in the same situation Blake Hawksworth. So, in. it's not that there's you know, not a closer on the roster. There is. It could be any one of. No, no. I I think Boggs, Mott, Sanchez, Salas, maybe more of a of a is is developing into maybe more of a of a middle relief setup guy. Maybe I only feel that way because that's the way Tony's using him. I don't know. But uh, there's an abundance of options there, but I don't. I think it's going to come down to who wants it more, who's going to lock it down. Um, that being said, the Cardinals are going to invest thirty million dollars in a first baseman. Doesn't leave them ten mil to spend on a closer, so they have to. They they're going to have to deal with internal options. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing, too, is what do you do when a couple of relievers get off the disabled list here in the next, hopefully? Gosh, you know, I, well, I think I, 
one is easy. Augustine goes back to Memphis. I don't th- I don't see yeah. him staying with the club when he's activated. Um, so that solves one issue. But Talit for sure is going to be with the big league club. You know Tony's going to carry two lefties. Uh, they found themselves in a situation tonight where they could have used a second lefty. Anymore, it's it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy, right, where you kind of resign yourself to the fact that Tony wants to carry two lefties. So there's not a lot of sense in arguing against it. It's just who are going to be the two lefties. Uh-huh. If they had somebody that, and the problem is the other guy was Kyle McClellan, that they felt more comfortable getting righties and lefties out of the bullpen and well, but the other thing to consider, yeah. the the real kick in the pants right now is that Trevor Miller's not getting anybody out. So, yeah, that's that's uh, they're making a big deal about how young the bullpen is, while the young guys are the only ones getting it done right now. Right. You know, the two veterans <laughs> are, uh, you know, it, it looks like they left they left everything down right. in Florida. Right. Um, to answer the back end of your to to answer the second half of your question or or to give you the second half of my answer to your question tonight was a bit of a chink in in Sanchez's armor but I think it was also I think it was also in a way a feather in his cap that he was able to deal with the adversity and finish it off um, Hunter Pence probably the most difficult guy on the well. For most teams, Hunter Pence is probably the most difficult guy on the Astros roster to retire. Uh, for the Cardinals, I'd I'd say that'd be Brett Wallace. But uh, to strike yeah, out no Pence kidding. to win the game, that's a big deal. That's a that's a that's a he made a big time pitch no, to get no. an out, and they desperately needed it and and get a win. So I think it's it's both. Uh, it, it's both a bring him back down to earth. This kid is human. He's not going to continue to strike out guys at a two per inning rate or whatever he had. Um, but he did get himself together enough to finish off the game. So I think that's those are the things that you weigh. Uh, options will come into play. Ultimately, I think... It could go one of two ways. I, th- I think, well, I think it could go a, a number of ways. If I had my druthers, I'd probably like to see Batista DFA'd. I just mm-hmm. haven't had a lot of faith in the guy since they signed him. I should have known better when they gave him a non-roster invite. I thought, ah, well, spring depth, no sweat. Should have known. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I don't see that happening because he's one of Tony's veteran guys. Uh, I forgot about him. Sorry. When I was th- talking about the other two, there's a lot of I chatter about about a about a, uh, a a DL trip for Ryan Franklin, which I could see being a reality. Um, I think. If if it boils down to a straight activating talent and sending somebody out, I think probably Salas is the guy that goes. Just because Sanchez has 
been so successful at getting guys out himself. He has an he has an out pitch. Pitches so far. He does. He does. Uh and and, and Salas you know, God love him. Uh, I think Salas is going to be good. I think he's just the odd man out right now. Well, I, I keep thinking about last year and the fact that it was well documented, especially on our site, uh, of the yo-yo, <laughs> the number of trips made between St. Louis and Memphis, and uh, it just might be starting a little bit earlier. Could well be. And, until maybe we get what you're ultimately looking for and that would be if if say batista keeps struggling or you know hopefully and this is just my opinion but trevor miller doesn't look like the same pitcher this year at well all. and i don't know if that's i i don't remember i mean last year and and maybe even the year before that he he was a workhorse he pitched a lot but that's usually because the way Tony used him, he'd come in for one batter or, or maybe two. and He, he was just, really up and down in, in uh, 09. I, Last year he was pretty good for the majority of the year. Yeah, he was really up right. and down in 09. Um, but early was he? or I, I thought he faded more late. Uh, I don't remember without having You know, I, I got me, the but, feeling that... Because uh, I know Reyes. Reyes was always kind of a... Hungry? You know... You, you weren't sure what kind of outing you were going to get, but I always thought Miller, because the way he was used, I always kind of thought they had him flip-flop, that they should have been using Reyes like they used Miller and vice versa, but I could be wrong as well there because I, I didn't have as many uh, adult beverages in this year as I had in years past when trying to stomach the, bull, the bullpen. So uh, either way, it, it doesn't honestly matter because uh luckily it's not our it's only our thing to talk about but that's not you know the last two nights that i think the best thing for me and and i'm not sure if you agree or not i i want to get your take is how impressive uh two things really how impressive the cardinal starters look this year when they get in a little bit of trouble and getting out of it but more importantly than that how it seems like the offense has finally gotten to the point where you don't have to worry about only scoring one or two runs. It seems like the offense has finally gotten out of its funk. And I think a lot of that is the Cardinals have better role players this year. Nick Punto, I'm, I really wish he was around the whole year now. And it's the season's not that old. I think that the success of the Cardinals starting pitching thus far can be summed up in a lot of the responses that I saw uh, from Cardinal fans on Twitter this evening when Kyle Loesch was pulled from the game. The bullpen. Oh, man. Could you have imagined at any point in time during the last <laughs> two seasons the, number of, the sheer number of Cardinal fans outraged that Kyle Loesch was being pulled from the game after 97 pitches. And he threw, what, 110 in his last game, the complete game shutout? Exactly. But here's the thing. Do they pull him if the Cardinals don't have a six-run lead? Uh, I don't care to get into 
I, I don't care to play that game with uh, hind, hindsight. <laughs> I, yeah, we're yeah. Well, let's not play the hindsight game. But bottom line, let's be pulled. clear here: when you're dealing with the Tony Larusa managed ball club, hindsight is not 2020. Oh, I know, I know. I'm fully aware. I've uh, the last couple of years, and and to be completely honest, the last ten years have been. Uh, I won't. I won't call it a struggle because it's never a struggle to enjoy watching baseball. But when your manager is Tony La Russa, it is definitely never boring. It, let's put it this way: it wouldn't have surprised me to see Loesch pulled with a six-run lead uh, and have Punto come in and throw two innings. So, <laughs> well, they did. Throw, they did pull Garcia after seventy-nine uh, pitches here earlier this year, and that. That had me, I won't say more outraged than tonight, but I almost I, I almost wish I was one of those guys that was going to be asking La Russa questions after the game about how the bullpen, if the bullpen would have blew it, that's, I don't, I don't care to know now because the Cardinals won the game, but I would be curious to know if it would have turned out differently, if Tony would have had one of his well, moments with the media. Well, again, that's always... That's always tough because if you leave Loesch in tonight and he winds up gassed and gives up the six or runs or seven runs or whatever whatever it would be and blows the game, then then Tony screwed up again. So exactly, it is what it is. I I. You know how the, I, I pick you know and choose my goes, moments with the second guessing. Bringing in Batista yesterday yeah, with a fully fresh bullpen, oh. that I'll second guess. Pulling Loesch tonight after 97 yeah. pitches, after he threw 110 in the previous start, after we're still not sure if he's... Fu- it sounds silly to say. But with the April. with the relatively rare and unknown injury that he had and the procedure that he had to fix it, guy might not even be a hundred percent yet. Let's not push him too. Let's to not think. push him too hard in the first month of the season. Well, you're definitely seeing why the Cardinals invested the years, the money, and the no trade clause that they did in him. It's it, it's just such a fluke. feel bad for the guy that he struggled yeah, as much as he did with that uh, getting hit by that pitch. Oh man, and, and they talked about that a little bit tonight, where uh, you know they were curious if if he, not that he'd be gun shy per se, but if if the injury has hampered his ability to to be able to to get the bunt down and. Uh, I'm not saying it wouldn't be in the back of my head, but to basically lose, I mean, he lost two seasons. He lost two of his most productive years pitching wise to some of the freakest injuries you'll ever see. So, you know, could, could you have, could you have expected this? I know he had a, a decent finish. I mean, I, I was, I, frankly, and I know we, we talked about one, this before. He, his last, his last start of last year was good. <laughs> 
With Kyle Loesch, that's well, a decent finish. I, I'm, I'm more making the point that, <laughs> and, and I believe, he, and I believe he's it's even said that he he may have tried to come back a little too soon to make those to make the number of starts that he did at the end of last season. But he finally thought that he had it together for that last start of the year. He pitched well. He got in a full spring. He's healthy. I don't have to remind you, Josh, that I've been uh, I've been cautiously on the uh, on the Loge bandwagon since the start of spring. I know. Yeah, you're you're the one that actually uh, made me take a second look because I thought, eh, you know, I, I, we've been burned. We've been burned this way before. I don't really want to be burned again. But it's the way that he was talking, and I, and I do like the fact that he went and got the tattoo, and he he doesn't want to forget what he's been through. But at the same time, when you heard him talk this spring, it was nice to hear from what I was told when you know. Uh, I've talked to some Minnesota guys and some, you know, they, that's the way he used to be. That confidence was back when he first came to the Cardinals. If you remember, it was kind of almost as an afterthought, a last minute spring deal. He had been working out on his own to hope to get a job and the Cardinals took a flyer on him and he ended up having that great year. But we, we haven't been able to experience Kyle Loesch the way that, he kind of has always been and yeah he's kind of he he used to be taken as kind of abrasive and and he, that that cockiness about him i think is a perfect fit for the cardinals organization and and more importantly the rotation this year because you kind of have a mash unit out there of guys that have all been through their own demons if you will you know look at Chris well, Carpenter we have to especially. remember too that these professional athletes often They often suffer a bit of, of an invincibility complex. Uh, in that, I mean that Loesch goes out, does what he does. I can pitch, no problem. All of a sudden, he can't grip a baseball properly. He's not getting the same movement on his pitch on his pitches that he's used to. Something is wrong. He knows something's wrong. But nobody can really tell him what is wrong. And now, finally, they do this procedure. Nobody was quite sure how it was going to turn out, even. But now he feels good. He can throw a pitch. He doesn't have any discomfort. He doesn't have any pain. I would think that even mentally speaking... It's got to be such a confidence booster for him to be to go out to the mound and say, "Hey, I'm going to have my best stuff today. If they're going to hit it, they're going to hit it." I'd, I'd argue the same thing goes well, for Franklin right now. Even though I think Franklin <laughs> Franklin's exactly deal is is a hundred percent mental. I think. Well, I think it's a little over the top. I don't top think we know. I, if it I is. think there's. With Franklin, and, and we've discussed this before, that what Franklin needed to do to get outs and what Franklin did do to get outs is something that I think is more subjective to a precipitous decline than someone who just was surviving more on raw talent. Does that make sense? 
It does. It makes it so makes for Ryan sense. Franklin. Once he goes into decline, he's gonna go into it's gonna be fall off the table decline because he was yeah. never a guy who had great stuff. He'd hit his spots, and, and that's where he was successful. I shouldn't say he's never had great stuff. He had good enough stuff to be a big league pitcher, obviously. But where he but where he succeeded but most we, was hitting but his he's, spots. Now he's not hitting. Yeah, he doesn't have a Mitchell Boggs fastball. Let's just, you know, yeah. Um, So, I I, I think in his case, eventually some things are going to catch up to you, and once that gets into his head, I'm sure it's in the back of his head that, do I have the ability to get outs anymore? And that's just a bad well, especially after That's just a especially bad after cocktail. tonight, you know, the he came in and and uh, got and and neither one of the hits were, you know, <laughs> he's just getting he's getting rocked right now. You know, he's not missing bats. He's not, you know, hitting his spots. It's it's not a, it's it can't be pleasant, like you said, to be a big league pitcher, especially one with. With you know, they made the stat about how the hundred saves and the the you know kind of the John the way I look at John Smoltz, the fact that he's a complete pitcher, he could go out there the way that we we talked about Chris Carpenter, the way we've talked about how you know Adam Wainwright, the guys that it doesn't really matter if they're starting or if they're closing, they they just have it. To me, if you could take Ryan Franklin's repertoire with as many different pitches as he throws and combine him with uh, Jason Mott and that flamethrower ability that'd be the perfect pitcher but unfortunately you have two guys that to me are on the complete different ends of the spectrum and to me i i really hope jason mott if he's able to get a consistent another pitch to me he i i don't know i i think boggs is still going to be ahead of him a little bit in the pecking order when it comes to to closers and 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 granted nick i know we've pretty much made this a, a whole bullpen edition of this radio uh, podcast, but right now, it, it seems like everything else for the Cardinals is, is clicking, and I guess that's kind of what I'm hoping for, is, is to put those two things together. To me, I like the way that Jason Mott has come out after a horrible spring, a spring where I even wondered there for a time if he was going to make the big league club. I, I really wasn't sure until very end of spring if he was even going to have a spot and i'm not saying i i want him to to get the next chance of the if he whatever you want to call it i still think the next time out there if if he hasn't pitched a few days in a row it's still going to be bogs but i was very curious by the selection tonight of sanchez well remember sanchez didn't pitch yesterday i think a lot of people were so i think that had a little to do with it You know, as for Mott, there's been some discussion that Duncan wanted him to do some things differently. He spent all spring trying to do those things, being the good soldier that he is. It wasn't working. And as I I recall reading some things about his velocity only being 92, 93, maybe in the spring. Mm -hmm. And now I think he's back to just... And he's bound to have an arm injury sooner or later. 
but I think he's back to just <laughs> letting rip. And and as we saw, his velocity is back up, 96, 97, 98. Um, so I think there's something to that, too. And, and yeah, of course he's going to have to continue to work on a secondary pitch. Uh, but I think if he can also continue to work with Duncan on the grip on the fastball, get a little bit more movement on the fastball, because if you remember when he first came up, that ball, the ball would get by you in a hurry, but, man, it was straight as could be. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it was uh, – all you had to do was uh, – you know, hope to get a bat on it, and it was it was going to go a very long way when he first came up. And he he is a different pitcher. He's he's he. I I do see what you mean with the more just kind of the grip it and rip it. I, a lot of times though, I like it when I only see him. I, and granted, you can't really put any any take into the whole radar gun thing of what the, what the the listings are. But I never wanted to see him at ninety nine, ninety eight. I like seeing him sitting more around ninety five. But then again, I, you know, that that is a very valid point with the converted catcher and and the fact that arm injuries for major league pitchers are so abundant. I guess is the only is the only way I can put it. I mean, look what happened to the you know nobody nobody's invincible. Strasburg, Wainwright. It doesn't matter what your last name is, what your pedigree is. Unfortunately. You know, whatever whatever changes happened in the last twenty five thirty years, I mean, I mean, it's it's almost like you said, it's almost inevitable that he's going to have some kind of shoulder issue or something like that. But when you watch him pitch, it almost kind of does <laughs> make you cringe a little bit. <laughs> but he's kind of built like a linebacker too, sure, with the whole sure. catcher mentality. So I I don't know. You know, it's. Again, I'd say for the Cardinals, it's it's a good problem to have when you have multiple options. There's a lot of teams that don't have any options, or you know, if they're faced with some kind of a setback or an injury or something, they're they're left scrambling. I I don't want to put I I don't want you know fans and listeners out there to think that we're we're saying it's it's doomsday, but it's definitely not as comforting as if. Boggs would have nailed down the save yesterday, and they just gave him the day off. And Sanchez was kind of touched up for the first time. And actually, his last two outings, he hasn't completely did. But Not even close to saying it's again, he's a young guy. You know, <laughs> you can edit that out if you prefer. <laughs> Good point. We have that ability. Mm-hmm. It's not doomsday. They're having. Yeah. It's it's. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. The more everybody talks about how bad the Cardinals bullpen is, the the exactly. more they give up hits and give up runs. And hey, I know where there's smoke, there's fire. I, but it's a long season. Let some things play out. Do you want to talk about something other than the bullpen? Oh, yeah. We are joined. Currently by uh, James from Astros County. James, how you doing this evening? Good morning, thanks. How you guys doing? Not too bad. Um, 
happy to see a bullpen hold on for once. <laughs> so, and, and it was ours that let it get away. So there you have it. Seems like uh, seems like both teams are struggling with that a bit right now. How would you uh, how would you rate the performance of I, I guess Lions specifically and the rest of the the Stroh's bullpen to date? There have been a couple of there have been a couple of bright spots, but Lion has been he's he's just been inconsistent. Well, he hasn't been inconsistent. He's been consistently terrible. Um, he's allowed multiple base runners. You know, and, and I, I can't remember the stat off the top of my head, but you know, it's it, it's he's he's certainly allowed more than he's had more outings where there have been more base runners than he's had perfect outings. So, you know, he's he's a closer, but he seems to like to leave the door open quite a bit. So I don't, you know, he's he's been he's been pretty bad. Um, you know, the, the Anyuri Rodriguez, who's a Rule Five pickup from Tampa Bay, has he's been better over the last week or so. Uh, but there's just too many, you know, there's, they're just allowing too many hits. Uh, I don't know if that's just being unlucky or not being very good. I'm not sure what it is, but, uh, you know, there, there have been a couple of bright spots. Mark Melanson, uh, who came over from the Yankees actually in the Bergman trade when they sent him to the, to New York at the trade deadline. Uh, he's been, he's been pretty solid. So, you know, there, there have been a couple of bright spots, but for the most part, the bullpen's been, been pretty brutal. James, this is Josh from Pitcher Sedates, and that kind of actually played right into where I was hoping to go. Um, it's It's been well documented that Berkman, I guess, even approached the team, and, and his agent did as well, and had every intention of coming back to play in Houston and um, was told, thanks, but no thanks. And I guess after seeing the Cardinals go through certain waves of that as well, was that the right move for the Astros to make it this time? And, and if it was, how soon do you expect, except for the guy you just mentioned, maybe the, the, the pieces in the Oswald deal and then some of the players, the other player in the Berkman deal, are they going to be able to make an impact sooner as opposed to later? You know, in both, in both of those trades, they got some short-term pieces and some what seemed to be pretty decent long-term pieces. Um, you know, Hap was kind of the, the big name that came over from, from Philadelphia. Uh, but they were also able to spin one of Philly's prospects for, for a guy that you guys know fairly well in Brett Wallace. And so, um, you know, those two guys have, have made, you know, they're on the opening day roster. Mark Melanson from the Yankees on the opening day roster. But there's some guys that they got uh, in those trades that are at, that are at kind of high A ball. So, you know, that, that seem to be doing okay. So, you know, I think it's, it's both short term. It was it was it was done out of necessity. I think both Oswald and Bergman wanted out. Um, you know, they, they, these were guys that had come up in, you know, what you could kind of consider to be the glory years for the Astros from you know late '90s to you know to the World Series appearance in '05, and and then seeing how the club has kind of gone downhill over the past over the past few seasons. You know, they they weren't happy. They wanted out. Their attitudes were pretty bad, and and they, and they would be the you know. That that's from them saying that as well. So uh, it needed to happen. You know, I don't think uh, you know. I think the Astros needed to trade Bertman, uh, one just to give him a, a chance to go to New York and and try to win a ring, but also to avoid the PR disaster of declining his you know his fourteen or seventeen million dollar option, something like that. Um, and and it, it was just time. You know, the Astros probably should have done probably should have done this. You know, 
couple three years ago. Uh, so yeah, you know, I think I think it was a, it was a necessary move, and you know, we're just gonna have to wait and see how it plays out. Uh, you know, Hap's what twenty eight, uh, twenty eight years old. Wallace is is a little bit younger, so they got some pieces that could contribute for a while, and then we'll see what happens with the guys that are still in the minors. No, that's perfect. Uh, it just it seemed like it was kind of a, a curious way that it all turned out with with Berkman actually being able to even be available. I know that wasn't a, that wasn't a commodity that at least to most Cardinal fans that I talked to this winter, uh, it wasn't something that they thought would be feasible, uh, of course, because of where Berkman normally played. And I'm sure uh, Nick's got a question or two in, in reference to our, uh, our newest outfielder. So is that where you <laughs> want to go, Nick? Well, I, especially given uh the uh, the post James made it at one of his other writing homes, uh, which I believe he just started writing at at the Chronicle this year, right, James? Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, I guess it started towards the end of March. Uh, I, I read the post. I think if I were in your situation, I, I think I would have the exact same reaction. Um, for our listeners who don't know, uh, Milo Hamilton, a longtime announcer for the Astros had some pretty critical comments um, specifically regarding Berkman's return to Houston. And James, I, again, I, I thought your post was dead on, was a, was a great response. Um, how many other Astros fans, if you get a pulse for it, because there was, there did seem to be, and, and maybe the boos grew louder as the game went on and he was hitting against the Astros, um, there, there seemed to be an opinion from from most that there was a bit of a mixture. What, what kind of sense have you gotten from Astros fans as as far as sentiments toward Berkman? We actually did a poll um, at Astros County on you know how would Berkman be you know how would you receive Berkman, and it was something like sixty seven percent you know would would be the ones that you know would cheer you know they would stand up and give him a hand you know, during his first at bat and, you know, something like 18% that said, uh, it might've even been higher than that, that said, you know, whatever, you know, it's time to move on. And then, and so it was a very small, you know, percentage somewhere, you know, eight to 10, you know, and, this, and we're obviously in a very incredibly scientific poll here. Uh, but, uh, you know, like, you know, it was, it was a pretty small number that, you know, kind of thought, you know, forget him, you know, he's, he's a Cardinal now. Why should I cheer for him? You know, that was ridiculous what he did. So I think most, it, most informed Astros fans, the ones that are kind of a little bit more objective about it, you know, they understand, you know, he wanted to leave, you know, that he, he, he was open to a trade. The Astros were able to get something back for him. And it was, it was time to move on. And, you know, he did come back to Houston and offer, or, or tried to, you know, he, he left it open that he'd be willing to come back and resign. And, and the Astros said, no, so you can't exactly fault Berkman for that. So, you know, I think most people understand, you know, he, he wanted to come back and, he got eight million dollars to to hit with Pujols and Holiday and take a serious run at the playoffs. So you know how can you fault a guy for that? All great points. Um, if you were a fly on the wall before batting practice yesterday, or I guess it would have been, uh, I guess it would have been Tuesday night. What do you think Milo had to say to Lance? Uh, there's a, a little joke going around. You know, I don't know if you've ever listened to uh, 
uh, a broadcast from, you know, with the Astros announcers. And Milo doesn't exactly talk about baseball a whole lot. Uh, you know, he's, he's kind of around for, you know, I think he's around for sentimental value. I love him because, you know, I mean, there's, there's other ways to find out what the score is rather than listening to the play-by-play guy because uh, he doesn't do that a whole lot either. Um, you know, I think he probably, you know, probably apologized. Um, you know, but, I, you know, there were some people that thought, you know, that Milo was right on. You know, it is, you know, it, it seemed curious, you know, if you if you didn't spend a minute thinking about it, you know, this is a guy that could barely get the ball out of the infield, and all of a sudden, you know, his, his slugging percentage is over, you know, 750, and he's absolutely raking right now. You know, how how come he couldn't do that in Houston? So, you know, kind of, I think Milo probably apologized because, you know, he did have the leg issues for the last, season and a half that we just don't know what what that was like so i bet he apologized and i bet bergman laughed it off because that's what bergman does and then you know everything was fine after that but i you know i bet it was uh i could understand bergman's frustration you know hearing what what milo hamilton had to say well james uh the last thing i had is given the the expectations or i guess you know maybe this particular year, um, the lack thereof for the Astros after seemingly, I thought they had a great end of last year and they really put a whooping on the Cardinals. How, how good is it for most, you know, Astros fans or, you know, people that cover the team like we do for the Cardinals? Is there, I know there's no, uh, there's no love loss for, for Albert Pujols after everything that's gone on. Is, is it, what is it like to be able to see him struggle this year when that's not something that, you know, really has ever been seen before? That's a good question. Um, it's, 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 uh, in a completely childish and juvenile way, it's kind of nice to know that, you know, a guy like that can, can have a hard time hitting the ball. But, you know, part of me thinks, you know, yeah, great. He's struggling. Hooray. Part of me wants him to, go off and just hit 125 home runs so that y'all have to pay him $300 million and tie up your payroll for the next 10 years. So, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, it's, it's just one of those kind of curious kind of storylines in the NL central. So, you know, but I mean, it's, uh, you know, I don't, and Pools is one of those guys that it's, it's, it's I, I hate him, you know, I absolutely hate him for the ability that he has. So, you know, it's, it's not like I'm, hope he gets injured and I hope he struggles. He seems like a very nice guy and seems like a good guy. And so, you know, it, I guess it's just nice to know that he is still human and not part machine. <laughs> We're curious about that too on, on a lot of aspects. Uh, more so, I guess it's one of those machines that sometimes needs to be oiled more to be able to get down to first base and not ground into so many double plays. Oh, but, here uh, we go. Here we go. <laughs> Hey, you started this before there, Nick, and uh, this is true. I'll, I'll I'll pass the torch on to you now. Uh, James, tell the average Cardinal fan that that's listened to the three of us yammer on uh, what they should know about this year's Astros team. Know that this is not the, the ideal situation. I guess um, you know there are some you know it's it's a team that's kind of trying to figure out. How can we go? It's, you're right. It's not necessarily a youth movement. It's it's um, kind of a placeholder year, you know, where, you, where there's some young guys in the lineup that you hope get some good experience under their belt. But you know, the, the, I think the one thing that the I guess the most Astros fans would like to to kind of point out is that the farm system is not as terrible uh, as it as it 
as you might hear. Uh, you know, there are some some definite prospects there. You know, Jordan Lyles, a pitcher that's in AAA and he's 20 years old, um, was drafted in 2008 uh, and is you know he's kind of he spent he, I guess he finished up last year in AAA and, and will start there. And actually, probably could have he he earned a spot in the rotation uh, coming out of spring training, but he'd only made a handful of starts at AAA. So, um, you know, I guess the thing to know is that you know we're, we're trying to figure. I guess they're trying to figure out. You know, do you balance, you know, just completely throwing it in and, and let a 20-year-old go out there every fifth day, or, you know, how do, how do you be patient but still try to look like you're trying to win? Uh, you know, it doesn't help that Carlos Lee is making about a quarter of our payroll of the Astros payroll this year, uh, and that's actually, you know, I think payroll is like 76 million, and Carlos Lee is making about 18 and a half. So, you know, it, it's. I think if they could trade him for a bucket of chicken, they they do it. But um, you know, I, it's it's just it's a strange year for the Astros because you know I think we all realize that you know this is kind of the low point and it's you know it's going to get better in the next few years. So it's uh, it's almost like watching a train wreck. You know, you want to watch to see how some guys are doing, but you know how can the Astros kind of uh, snatch defeat out of the jaws of victory this time? <laughs> Can you confirm a suspicion that I have just because and maybe I'm maybe I'm one of the few people that has a suspicion because of my opinion of Hunter Pence. He seems to me to be the guy that Astros fans absolutely love. And anybody that's not an Astros fan can't stand the guy. Is that pretty accurate? That might be true. That that might be that might be pretty accurate. Um I like Pence and I think I think most Astros fans do because it he at least, and it's one of those things that you don't know if he, if he's actually, you know, when he plays in the field, you know, is he, is he actually, does he actually play that hard, or is he so horribly out of position uh, that it looks like he has to work a lot harder to make the routine play? Um, but yeah, I think most Astros fans absolutely love him. I'd like to trade him, but that's that's a very minority. Uh, I'm the very much the minority of that opinion. He just strikes me as as the pesky guy that every every opposing team's fan dislikes. I, so you're saying he's, 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 like the, he's like a huge David Eckstein. <laughs> Perfect example. Perfect like example. A, giant, a giant David Eckstein. Right, right. I, to use not, the, the best examples that I can come up with are, are outside of baseball, so I might be leaving a few of the listeners behind here, but uh, for me, he's like a, you know, in, in I, I don't know if you guys, the Big Ten was uh, was my basketball conference. So he's like a like a Brian Cardinal or a Lucas Johnson. When he's on your team, you love it, but he's such a pain in the neck when you're playing against him. I can see that. I can see that happening. Of course, he's you know he struck out with the tying run on second last night. So that, you yeah, know, that he, was he, okay. He, <laughs> it's you know he seems to you know. He's such a he's such a random player. I mean, you know, he he plays. It looks like he plays hard. You know, he gets he gets his numbers, but you know, every now and then you think, you know, save some hits for the ninth inning. You know that uh, you know save some of that up and uh, you know come through. So, uh, but you know, he's a, he seems like a, he seems like a nice guy, a good player, and, and he certainly looks like he plays hard. So yeah, to be yeah, it's a, that's a pretty good suspicion. To be fair, he seems he seems awfully miscast in the three spot in the lineup. He seems like he'd be a great two hitter, maybe even a leadoff guy, but I'm, I'm not sure. Sh- I realize in the Astros lineup, he fits third and that's not, 
that's not to be a shot, just I think kind of what everybody understands is reality, but he seems miscast in that role. I think you're right, and I think it is a, kind of a testament. Because, I mean, why would, you pitch, why would you pitch to him? Because Carlos Lee is behind him. You know, I think we, you know, we've been talking about, you know, it's time to, to realize that Carlos Lee is, is a six- or seven-hole hitter. You know, he's not a cleanup hitter. His average is below 200. You know, he's struggled and incred- had an incredible struggle over the course of the last two seasons. So uh, that just kind of shows a little bit of what the Astros have to work with and what Brad Mills has to work with that, a guy like Pinto, I you know I think you're right. Could you know probably should be a more of a number two hitter. Um, he's in that three spot and doesn't have really you know anybody behind him. You know we I think we'd like to see Brett Wallace hit behind him uh, instead of Carlos Lee. But uh, yeah, it's a pretty good reflection on the state of the Astros this year. Well, James, you uh, you kind of open it up where you talk about the state of the Astros for this year. Uh, how weird is it after seemingly the success that they've had? you know, going back the last decade to know, to now know that, that the team is, I guess you could say on the verge of being uh, sold and, and some of the other things that are, are going on. Is that kind of a, is it kind of just a weird state to be in right now for, for Astros fans? It is, you know, and it's, you know, cause we were, you know, the Astros were, were, were they were, if they were anything, they were relevant, you know, for the better part of, you know, 10 years. And, and now, you know, I think the Astros are on the verge of of being of being irrelevant. Uh, so that's you know that's kind of that takes a little bit of getting used to. Um, but you know, I, I think most Astros fans understand that what has happened to the to the franchise you know, to get to the point where they are now was the culmination of a number of terrible decisions. Uh, so you know, I think you know as far as being sold, you know, Drake McLean, the owner, he didn't you know kind of has the the reputation of being meddlesome and didn't want to put money into the draft and, you know, signed off on the $100 million Carlos Lee deal. So, you know, I think as far as, as making a change, I think most Astros fans with ownership are okay with it. Uh, but it, it, I think the, the thing that's the most strange is how irrelevant the Astros are, you know, that it's going to, you know, you're not going to see them. You can kind of turn on SportsCenter around, oh, four or five minutes till the show ends and then you'll still get to see the Astros highlights. Um, so yeah, that's, that's probably the strangest part. And last but not least, mo- the most important thing after listening to, uh, uh, some of the, the shows before the season, are you going to beat the pirates this year? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm hoping for. Cause I, you know, if, if the pirates, if the pirates finish ahead of the Astros, then I'd get something. I have no idea what type of cuisine I can expect from Pittsburgh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, it's, uh, uh, you know, I'm not sure. I, I, I hope they do. You know, what I, I, I think a lot of Astros fans feel this way. I think that what we'd, what we'd love to see is for them to come out and rattle off, you know, a, a decent season. And you know, I don't think any, anybody's expecting to go to the playoffs. But, you know, to finish, you know, kind of 86 and 76 and, and kind of, you know, shut up, you know, the, the people that were like, that were, that were kind of predicting the 100 lost seasons, you know. So I think it, I think that's what we're, you know, that would be the best thing, you know, so... Uh, if we can if, if we can finish ahead of the the Pirates uh, and the Cubs, that would be that would be great too. If we could finish ahead of the Cardinals, that would just be like Christmas uh, for you know that, that would pretty much take care of all my Christmas requests for the next few years. That's great, James. James, we appreciate your time. Um, it's been speaking with James from AstrosCounty.com. Anything else you want to plug uh, while we got you, James? 
I think that'll do it. Come uh, yeah, if you want your uh, if you don't get enough Astros minutia in your life, visit Astros County. <laughs> Thanks very much, James. Hopefully, we'll catch up with you again later in the season. That's great. I Dan. appreciate it. Thanks. He was baseball mad, had the fever and had it bad. Just to root for the hometown through every zoo, Katie Blue. On a Saturday, her young beau called to see if she'd like to go to see a show. But Miss Kate said, no, I'll tell you what you can do. Take me out to the ball game, take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jack. I don't care if I never get back. Let me root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old ball game. All the games knew the players by their first names. Told the umpire he was wrong all along, good and strong. When the score was just two to two, Katie Casey knew what to do. Just to cheer up the boys she knew, she made the gang sing this song. Take me out to the ball game, take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jack. I don't care if I never get back. Let me root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old ball game. I have a topic for us to discuss. Oh, no. You have a topic? Because I have a topic, Matt too. Matt Holiday's so hitting 429. <laughs> well, it was 435 before he got out. Jeez. Come on, Matt. What a slacker. Yeah. He's, uh... <laughs> Is there any way you would switch and you put Holiday back in the three-hole? No. I'm just checking. I know I've, I've heard before, I have some Cardinals fans that have told me that they would prefer to see Holiday in the three-hole and Albert in the four-hole, and I don't For what I don't purpose? possibly do that. Uh, they want to see Albert with more guys on base. Why? So he could hit in the more double plays? Holiday. <laughs> uh, they think that it's more important to have a guy that's hitting hotter to get up in the first inning. Oh, well. And I don't agree. I I don't. Uh, to me, if it's not. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't right think now, I can endorse that. The Cardinals hit into what five more double plays? Uh, they did. They did. Cardinals care might want to uh, rethink their <laughs> their their investment strategy or or their their charity strategy. Ninety nine, ninety nine. Every time Albert Pujols grounds into a double play. Gosh! Wow. Sorry, I gotta knock that negativity uh, out. My goodness. That's okay. I got another quick topic. It's it's not my main topic, but my quick one is: 
they made a comment that David Freese didn't look as comfortable tonight. And I, how much of that do you incorporate, if anything, to hitting in front of Albert in the two hole? Uh, you know, I don't know. Hard to say. I listened to a lot of the game on radio, um, so I didn't see all of his at bats. Um, regarding Freeze, he was originally not in the lineup yesterday. And he got, as I recall, he got shuffled in when uh, Terrio was moved out, right? And that was, that would yeah, have been they, the they third straight game. Had he not been put into the lineup, it would have been the third straight game, I believe, that he was out. He's one of those guys, and, and I'm sure you can understand and sympathize why, just Every time his name, and I know that they said they were going to try and rest him as much as possible, but every time his name is not in the lineup, it makes me nervous. I hear you. I know. He's, it's, it's an uncomfortable thing. I, I'm trying to remember if it was, if there was more of a reasoning behind him getting another day off besides just, I think they said they wanted him to sit. Tony said something about having him sit to get two days off in a row and then having having him get ready for more of the you know this series and the next series i it, it's hard to put into words whenever i see him rounding a base or you know tonight he, he grabbed an extra base and i'm just you're right you know because that's that's gonna be i think at least until the all-star break, if not longer, it's going to be, it's You're just, you're going to wonder, you're, you're just going to wonder because of what they said about how important they all, but said, and I've heard this from a number of different people that are related some to somewhat to the Cardinals organization that said that one of the main reasons they made the Ryan Ludwig deal last year was because of David Freese and, that is very scary <laughs> because you don't know exactly what his physical status is and if he's going to even be completely up front. If, I mean, do you think if you're David Freese, are you, if, if you wake up and you're kind of achy a little bit, do you, do you say something like Ryan Terrio did and get yourself taken out or do you just keep your mouth shut? Well, my hope is that he would say something. Um, yeah. Obviously there's that whole there's that uh macho play through it be tough thing uh that these athletes go through and and I understand to an extent because they're playing for their career, you know, if, if Freeze finds himself on the disabled list for another extended period of time. What does that mean for his career? You know, that's that's a difficult thing. Yeah. So, that's... uh, I don't know. I I would hope that he would, but I don't, I don't know if that's a realistic expectation or not. Well, let's get back on topic that's just a, great a little idea. bit. Or we're gonna end up having, we're gonna have a marathon edition here, and that's that. We're already, <laughs> hey, we're in mid-season form. I I don't I don't want to necessarily say he looked 
different in the two hole tonight. I just I wonder. They're talking about how Kobe Rasmus is struggling a little bit. I wonder if because of the fact that Albert's struggling a little bit right now. I mean, he doesn't look that comfortable. And you mentioned his double plays. I wonder if there's a different mentality for a guy that's a middle of the order guy and, and younger guys like Fries and Rasmus are. I'm not talking about like Berkman or somebody like that, that, you know, has pretty much seen it all in the game. I'm just curious if there's a different mindset that maybe not necessarily you're told. I doubt they tell you to go out there and, and tell you to take more pitches or something. But I just wonder if, if, if they're focused a little too much on, you know, trying to get on base for Albert and, and just, you know, maybe they're just pushing it, fighting their, their natural instincts just a little bit. I mean, we've talked before. I'd, I'd prefer to see Colby in more of a run-producing spot. But, you know, I, I don't I don't I definitely don't want to see Terry and Skip Schumacher batting one-two no, in the lineup. Nor do I think that would ever happen. Tony Larusa lineup. <laughs> we, we we can hope, but I guess it's kind of uh, when you say run producing, which end of producing runs are you are you talking about? Because because more of the RBI, more of the RBI guy. Okay, so in my opinion, then you're saying that Freeze is probably not the guy to hit in the two spot because because. He I looks uncomfortable so. there. Or I'm surprised John Jay be I'm there, or whatever, the, Jay whatever the case there. may be. Yeah, but so that leaves you, in my opinion, really with two options: either Rasmus or Berkman. You put yeah. Berkman in the two hole; it's great because he's got the high on base percentage, but he's got no speed in front of Pujols, who's grounded into double plays like it's his job. Well, but also, as hard as Albert hits balls, I don't think it matters who's in front of him. He, you know, Albert never hits choppers to anybody. He hits these line drive grounders that it doesn't matter if you're Tyler Green running from home to first base beat now. Sure. It, it's it, it's almost a given. And, and I will I will take take a little, you know, I don't know if you saw it or not, but Berkman made a fine play in the outfield tonight. Yeah, he doesn't look like the the he won't be fleet of foot or he'll never be, you know, misconstrued as a base stealer, but you know, his his off-season workout is well, now hang on a second. Hang his, on a second. You know. You're glossing <laughs> over something here, Josh. Of course I am. <laughs> he made a he running catch. He made a running catch in the outfield. Uh he yep. He flopped a throw back into the infield from the wall on Wallace's yeah. double. And it pains me to bring up the ninth inning. I know. So now, know. now that being said, it's another perfect example of an inopportune time for that to happen. The fact of the matter is, it happened. And it's going to happen with him out there. It's going to happen in the ninth inning again. It's also going to happen in the second inning when it's not as noticeable and people just say, oh, well, it's fine. He's still hitting 350. It, it might happen, but this also might be the reason why guys like Alan Craig, and when he comes back off the DL, I saw some of that twist. Yeah, but Alan Craig's not a defensive substitution for Lance anyway. 
no, real question no. is, what but was Rasmus what still doing on actually, the bench? That that's a that's a fine question, but to me, I think that's also why Skip Schumacher is going to always have a place on the 2011 Cardinals when he comes back, even if he's not your starting second baseman, which I could probably argue whichever side of the fence, depending on, you know, if you're a Skip Schumacher apologist or if you actually like him as your second baseman, either way. But it begs to bring up how much the Cardinals are going to need that extra outfielder, whether it be Jay or somebody or if it's, it could even be a guy like Chambers that's on the 40-man down at Memphis, if he's still having a good year. Uh, they have to have somebody, I, I call it whatever you want, Berkman protection, I don't care. But obviously, in the ninth inning or, or you know, after he, he his spot comes up in the lineup, and that's what I like about having Berkman in the number two hole, is I think you're more likely to put a John Jay in there and put him in Berkman's spot or a double switch or something and put John Jay in the number two hole in the lineup more so than he would after holiday. Since John Jay is not, in my opinion, more of a run producing guy. Like I think Colby Rasmus and David Freese are your, your good five, six options there. Agreed. A lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people think Yadier Molina is the perfect guy for the number six spot in the lineup, which he does make good contact and I don't care what Al Herboski says. Yadier makes he, he's a much better hitter than a lot of people give him credit for. And I, I didn't really think he was struggling that much this year to tell you. Oh, uh, well he left five on base today. With an offer. <laughs> it's so. Take that, that sample that size that for what you will. Goes to show you. It, it, you know, Albert Pools also had his horrible yeah, over like day, and, and he is. I know you do. I know you do, and that's what makes this work so well. Is I bring up ideas and you shoot them down, and I just wait for my chance to return the favor. Hmm. I'm kidding. <laughs> that's that's what else we got. Is there anything else we got? Uh oh. Oh, no, I didn't mean it to be ominous sounding. It was more of a... I don't know. I, it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I can keep talking about Holiday if you want. He's really, really good at baseball. Uh. <laughs> How's that analysis that, that for trade, you? That trade and signing... That, that trade and signing look... Yeah, how's that analysis? How's, one, how's Holiday look compared to Jason Worth, Nationals fans? Oh, my goodness. Carl Crawford, anyone? Yeah, small, small sample size, size, I'm sure. Yeah, but wow. But what would Holiday it, it do to the Green to Monster? Oh, well, I'm just glad we don't have to think about that. Because if, if they wouldn't have retained him after that trade, I think my head would have exploded. Well, thank goodness for but everyone. then again, well, I know. Look at, look at Brett Wallace. Would you rather have him mm. still? I still think Wallace is going to be a fine hitter, but he's no Matt Holiday. Well, he's also not going to be anything more than a first baseman, and that was no matter what the Cardinal organization tried to say. The gloss. You know what was... Wallace needs to figure <laughs> out how to do now is to Berkman the ball up into those Crawford boxes. That's the only thing left in left. Oh, that's the only wow. hole left in his swing. Yeah, but he's such a young guy. I don't think uh, you know. And and granted, I say he's such a young guy just because when you've bounced around for so many organizations. 
I they showed the stat tonight that he was drafted in 2008, and I just that I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, but then again, the was trade. He was also a college pretty much as soon as the cut. So, he's yeah, yeah. He, you know, I got to put in that into, into terms when I think about the fact that Colby is really still Colby, a young guy too. Colby's younger than Wallace. I would. I, I would. He has to be. He has to be younger. Wallace played four in college. I think Wallace. He he was. I can't remember if Wallace was a. He might have been. He might have been a junior. I don't know. That that that. Our our crack research team. Wallace will me, turn twenty five in August. So maybe the same age. Ah. They're, they're real close then. That's that's interesting. I I wouldn't have thought that. But then again, I also look at it too, and I think Albert Pujols is a lot older than Matt Holiday when they're not only the same age, but you know, aren't they birthday twins? No, really. Or one day apart, or something like that. It's, well, as far it's something as uncanny like that. Know. I, I know it is. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> Exclusive pitcher said eight conspiracy alert. Oh God! But you know, and then you think well, about were, it. Holiday, I, I holiday here, was, was January fifteenth. Pool holes is January sixteenth. Both nineteen eighty. There you go. Wow. See, I learned I, so much talking to you, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just Matt Holiday plays. He plays so much better when he's at that lighter weight. You know, he gets that. Uh, Huge appendix taken out. He just he's a holiday's so feet. much younger yeah. than Pujols. A whole day. <laughs> a whole day. A whole day. They're both already bald. But right, could you imagine if uh, if if Holiday wasn't having this kind of start though, with with Albert not helping with the double plays right now and. Uh, and just, you know, the the offense is clicking more, but it's definitely not. When you think about the double plays and you think about runners. You yeah, know, Ryan Franklin would have fewer and, blown and, saves. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's is, right. Uh, I went there. You did go there. That's okay, though. That's that's okay. Uh, here Here's how I'm going to end and my portion of the show tonight, because you're just on top of things tonight. Is Ryan Franklin going to get another save opportunity this year? Yes, by attrition. By attrition. Ooh. I was going to say by merit. I think he's going to merit whether it's a, uh, in my, in my look at it, whether it was more of a, a token, you know, uh, but attrition does make more sense. I can see that. The way Tony uses his bullpen, I can definitely see. Just, that. just like, just I like just... Uh, before. Well, I'm certain it came to him either late last night or early this morning. Um, but before Boggs threw what twenty one really stressful pitches last night, I'm sure that. Uh, Sanchez's first save opportunity wasn't on wasn't at the tip of Tony's tongue either. 
No. Um, but eventually it's going to come to that, especially since you get to the dog days and the off days are fewer and further between. It'll happen, or yeah, or he'll back that. into one. True. Come there's, in with a four-run lead and leave with a two-run lead, and whatever the case may be. It's it's hard to it's hard to know, you know. Uh, I, you know, I, right now the Cardinals have a winning record. They're they're doing what they need to do to squeak by. It's just not making for a. Uh, a settling experience to watch and listen to the games. A lot of, a lot of squirming going on. I just had a bad feeling. It didn't matter how many runs they scored tonight. It was as soon as they took low shot, I had a bad feeling. Again, talk about things that you never would have expected yourself to say four weeks ago. (laughs) That's at the top of the list. (laughs) That's probably, if that's not one, that's one A on top of the list because uh, probably for me, uh, Holiday coming back nine days after a surgery would be number one, and the fact that he is just—you uh, need to do a—he's on fire All right. Holiday. <laughs> Done. He, uh, his his NBA jam would just be—I mean, he's he's that guy that uh, he unstoppable right now just i mean he is if i'm if i'm lance berkman and i sign a one-year deal with the cardinals i mean obviously you do you do it for a number of reasons but you got to do it because you look at the guys that are going to be theoretically hitting either in front of you or behind you and i hope he eventually gets moved to the number two hole but you got to love the opportunity of having a guy like matt holiday and to me he that homer he hit tonight, I don't know if you got to see it or if you listened to it. It was so far inside. I mean, it was a perfect he's pitch. He's good at baseball. <laughs> you know. He's <laughs> that's <laughs> that should be your that should be your title. is good at baseball. I liked your first idea for a title too. But no, that's what scares me to death is and, and my brother gives me a hard time about this all the time. He doesn't even want the Cubs to go after Albert Pujols because he's afraid that the Cubs will give him thirty mil a year, and that's what scares me to death. Is I really wonder. I'm not saying Albert's going to end up the year batting two fifty, but I do wonder about his his uh, hitting his you know his grounding in the double play percentages, and I really do wonder because they're not really pitching around Albert anymore like they used to. And again, it's small sample size, but I'm talking about last year too. When Holiday got hot, and after he had just a, a, an abysmal beginning to last year, there has not been a hotter right-handed hitter to me in the game than Matt Holiday since the start of last year, since probably, what, mid-May? or I think maybe he kind of broke out of it maybe a little bit towards the last week of April. Well, they weren't, well, they weren't you know, pitching around Albert. Again, that. There's a good explanation for that. Matt Holiday's good at baseball. 
Yes. Yeah, I think and we've, with I that, think we've sufficiently I think that, beat this one to a pulp. <laughs> it's been fun, though. It's I've, always I've, fun. I've thoroughly enjoyed this. Oh, yeah. It's much fun. You know what makes it much more fun? That we do it after a Cardinals oh, win and not a Cardinals talking. loss. Because last year, or last night. Last night would have been short know, and sweet. Uh, that that would have been a hard and one per, to even have perhaps fun or slurred. Talk about. <laughs> one, one half of the Pitcher's Head 8th radio team would have been slurred. <laughs> Well, uh, oh, brother, we've got uh, we've I, I think we've run out of uh, preseason shows. Or, or yeah, that that'd be it. Our preseason. So, in honor of Kyle McClellan going for the series. Indeed, man, indeed. So, uh, so there will be a post up shortly. Um, with the contest to rename the Pitchers Hit 8th podcast. Gotta have a permanent name. I need a, with I need a logo. the winner receiving one of these gorgeous EFIS League scorebooks that's lying on my desk. Um, if you haven't checked them out, go to EFIS League, E-E-P-H-U-S League. Dot com. Bethany does a great job over there, um, and, uh, and I've got a whole stack of these things that I got to get rid of. So one of them is going to go to the uh, person who gives this little. What would we call this, Josh? Our, our little. Oh. Yes. Uh... About about Paul, uh, That's, whoever gives us a permanent name. Let, just let's not go with that for the name because that, that might uh, maybe I can win the scorebook. Future list. <laughs> uh, that that could be a possibility, but I think we had, if I remember correctly, we've got a whole uh, list of options, and and we're gonna give yeah. The, our three loyal readers the opportunity to vote on which is the best and which will be the name of the podcast moving forward. We hope to have some baseball luminary to speak to for episode 1.0 of the as yet unnamed podcast. We'll work on that. And, uh, surprise you with whomever it might be. It's a work in progress. The work in progress podcast. There's a ring to it. I like that. There we go. All right. <laughs> with that, Josh, it's been a pleasure as always. I lo- I My name is Nick. It. We both uh, take up space writing at pitchershit8.com. We look forward to a blowout tomorrow uh, for the Cardinals in Houston to close out the series. Another series win, going for the fifth series win in a row, as I recall. Um, Sounds right. With a gassed bullpen, which is always exciting. uh, 
Yeah, Arizona, Los Angeles, uh, Washington. The five in a row. Be five in a row. And as wow. Tony has informed us on many an occasion, if you can win series, you can win a division. <laughs> that's what it takes. It's just math, people. It, that's that's all it is. He he might be smarter than a lot of people, it's but just it's still math. math. So, uh, signing off. We have been discussing the first place St. Louis Cardinals this evening. People quickly forget that. Not all is lost yet. Nope. Nope. The D word is staying <laughs> away. Uh, thanks for listening. This has been episode point nine, the final episode of... Uh, the as-titled Pitchers Hit 8th podcast will be coming at you fresh uh, the next time Josh and I find time in our busy, busy schedules to sit down and chat with each other We'll make it uh, for the as-yet-unnamed podcast, episode 1.0, and our uh, esteemed baseball guest. Once again, Josh, Nick, PitchersHit8.com. Thanks for listening, and... Uh, Josh, we'll talk soon. All right, buddy. Have a good night. Go Cards.